somebody has it hanging, how's it happening? You guys know who it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. Brought to you by the Chord Progression Podcast. I'm going to slip up there for a little bit. And guys, today, it is the first day in March of 2022. And we talked to a band that's got a brand new coming out on March 11th. <laughs> Yikes, is it good? Like, I, I I can't wait to get you guys to, you know, listen to the, the conversation about this album. It is, it is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. Before we get started, though, I want to thank our sponsors first, Phoenix Fitness. Yeah, we're we're two months into the year right now. And for all of you that are trying to achieve your fitness goals right now, nah, that is good. There's my horrible impersonation, Ronald Schwarzenegger. Nah. Okay, okay, enough of that now. But when it comes to, you know, achieving your fitness goals, whether it's, you know, run a 5K, run a marathon, you know, lift a crap ton of weight, squat 315, bench 225, make sure you get the two plates on there. Oh, yeah. You're going to want to be able to recover and prepare, right, so that you get that muscle growth, you get that strength growth, you get everything, you get the gains, yo, so that you can achieve your fitness goals going forward. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in with many different products to help you get that. They have different pre-workouts for your AM and your P or no shoot my bad they have a pre-workouts both stim and stim free if you don't really go well with the stimulants caffeine and stuff like myself because i'm already crazy enough as it is so i take the stim free stuff different b-cell recovery compounds to help your body absorb the nutrients and the, the nourishment better after you're done working out proteins for your am pm and your directly after workout creatine to help you build muscle um, anything you need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has free scholarships. Get 15% off. Just code MSOTD at FNXFit.com. Link description of the podcast. Thank you, Phoenix. This is our second sponsor is Custom Debuts. So you guys like to put all this cool musical stuff on the wall. Flag, skate decks, posters all over the place. I mean, I like the place. The place looks cool. But what Custom Debuts does, they let me, you know, create my own poster around anything in music that I want as well. So here's what you do. You go on a Custom Debuts website and then you type in a band name, whatever band or artist you want. Then you can either type in an album from that artist or you can type in a song from that artist. And they'll create a custom poster around that album, around that song. If the song, you know, put the lyrics on a poster in a cool way for you. Or if it's the album, they'll put the album artwork and the track listing on there in a wacky way or whatever the heck you want to be done with that as well. And if you're submitted to them, an artist will come back to you in 48 hours with a proof of an idea, and then you can make your tweaks and as many as you want. And when you're satisfied, give them a thumbs up, and they will send you that poster that you customized right to you on either poster paper, ooh, yeah, or canvas print, or even better, an aluminum freaking sign poster. You can be the coolest, coolest, coolest cat person, whatever it is, in the office, in the garage, in your basement, whatever it might be, in your house. Have the coolest musical poster out there. So our listeners get 10% off using code CPP10 at checkout for custom debuts. Links and website in the you know description below and whatnot. Now let's go to our feature presentation. Anybody heard of the band called Wolves at the Gate? Well, it says they're a post-hardcore band. That doesn't even come close to describing them. Their, their ambition is way, way, way beyond that. They go heavier, lighter, all over the place. And on their brand new album, Eulogies, which comes out on March 11th, they show off the whole entire range. So I got to talk to Steven from Wolves of the Gate. We dive deep into the album, Eulogy. We dive deep into its meaning, to its connection when it comes to revealing things about yourself, understanding more about the world, understanding more about yourself. And also when it comes to Steven's connection with his faith, with the gospel, everything around that. There is so much going on here that you'll have be, you know, be hard pressed not to really dive deep into this album and get into this album. Enough with me. Let's get to this incredible podcast, incredible conversation. I'm here for it. Are you here for it? Enough with me. Are you ready? Let's go! Woo! Yeah. 
Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. I recently got a press release for this band to come through my email saying, ooh, post-hardcore, you know, maybe with some extra stuff in there. I'm like, ooh, I like post-hardcore. Let's jump into this. I jumped to this band's brand new album, Eulogies, which comes out on March 11th. And let me tell you, just saying that as post-hardcore does not do this band or that album any justice. There is so much more going on there from the heavier side of things, the side of things. I mean, you're going to get something that you like no matter what. And I can't wait to talk about this album with One Numbers Band. So please welcome Steven from the band Wolves at the Gates of the podcast. So Steven, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Glad you're here, man. How is everything going in your world that, you know, this time that we call life around, you know, the end of winter hopefully for 2022 yeah we just got we just got dumped on with snow so i'm hoping i only had to shovel once this year i'm hoping that's it not a big fan of snow but uh just want to get out of this cold weather get outside get the kids outside you know finally get away from being all cooped up in the house because of winter and you know we we went through that for a long time being cooped up in the house thanks to the you know pandemic but I'll just get outside, get some fresh air, and if you're like me, get some fresh air and, you know, potentially get your head, you know, kicked in in a mosh pit and enjoy yeah. every step of the way. You know, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> that too. That too would be sick. It would be. And honestly, after listening to that album, there's going to be, I can already tell you, there's like five or six songs in there. I'm like, if I see these songs live, actually, let me scratch that. When I see these songs played live, <laughs> there's going to be a massive throwdown that happens and I'm going to be right in the center of it. Nice. Love that. Looking forward to it. So let's just jump right into it because you guys have your brand new album called Eulogies coming out on March 11th. And from the looks of it, this album was one incredible journey to, you know, create everything in terms of the meaning of the album from just putting it together. Because I also saw on the release that it was produced by yourself and one of the other members of the band as well. Is that correct? Yeah. My God, you guys really went all in on this thing. So when it came to eulogies, I'm, I'm just going to start by asking what the inspiration behind this whole entire album was, because going through it myself, there's a lot of just things that dive deep into each song when it comes to just different things you pull out from just personal emotion that can really be sought out. So I got to ask, what's the whole inspiration behind eulogies? Yeah, I mean, you know, being a band that tours and, you know, meet tons of people on the road, um, that's always been like a pretty big inspiration for me with uh like lyrical direction you know because we we meet so many people that you know just crazy stories ways that people are hurting or in pain or ways that they're struggling with their faith or whatever whatever it may be and those are things a lot of times that kind of like inform me like wow this is what people are going through i really want to speak to that um and then on any given record there's a few songs that are just personal in nature but you know, writing this record in the middle of a pandemic. Um, it's all by myself, you know, and uh, all I had was myself and looking at myself in the mirror. And it was a really good time for like self-reflection and, you know, really just realizing uh, a lot of things that are like personal weaknesses or struggles. And uh, I just saw a lot of things in me I mean, it's honestly not much different than normal, but I saw a lot of things in myself that I just wanted to die. Um, I didn't, I wanted to see them, you know, not be a part of, you know, my life anymore. And, and so I didn't really realize that was the case until the record was done. I was looking at the lyrics, you know, cause honestly, I hate titling albums. Uh, it's like, I don't like doing it. I don't know why. 
it always feels lame. But um, when I look through the record, I realize, yeah, that was kind of at the heart of where all the songs were coming from. You know, it was just kind of looking at myself and, you know, you know, I'm a I'm a husband and a father. And even those things alone kind of reveal a lot of, you know, about yourself, um, you know, how how you handle certain situations, you know, and so all of that being cooped up and not really having a lot of interaction with other people kind of gave me a chance to really take stock of myself, you know. Yeah, I can easily see where you're coming from there as well, because even from my perspective, during the pandemic, it's I didn't get to see many people as well. Like I got to see my parents on a consistent basis, but then seeing some friends and like starting to get back out there, that took a good amount of time. So being, you know, kind of stuck in my house myself, be having to look in the mirror a lot and try and kind of just live with myself in a way, you do realize a lot of things about yourself that you do like and that you don't like. And it's that time of personal reflection that really took in a lot of emotion for a lot of people, yourself included in there as well, especially with the different things that you have going on in life. You're a husband, you're a father, and you know, you've know got a family that is also included with this band as well. So there's yeah. many different factors at play and it gave you time to reflect and really take a look and take stock in what you found about yourself that you like and the stuff you found about yourself that's for the positive for not only yourself, but the people around you, the people you care about in your family and the stuff that's on the negative side of it and trying to find a way to change that around so that you can take those negatives away and potentially turn them into positives. Giving this whole entire title of this album, you know, eulogies is like uh, basically talking through all the, uh, you know, the times of, you know, the bad stuff that was going on in life, the bad stuff that you might have been had going on inside of you and putting it to rest because you think about eulogy that's the thing that's said at the end of a funeral and that's the thing that's yeah. the, it's kind of like the last little moment so this is kind of like the the goodbye to those points in time yeah definitely and one thing i actually was a little intrigued by was like going through and just really learning more about the band was how a couple of these songs really dove deep into your faith as well which mm -hmm. for which for me because i grew up uh I grew up in a Catholic household and over time it's kind of, you know, I've kind of separated from that. Mm -hmm. So just based off of, you know, how life has gone for me, but going through it as well and just kind of taking a look at a couple of the songs you guys had that had a little more of that, you know, faith influence in there. I will say this one thing I was incredibly surprised and happy about was listening to those songs for myself. It was, I could have taken them from a faith directive or I could have taken them from a other, another directive as well within the way that I was going in life. But still going back to that core emotion of what the song was really trying to take. So really yeah. giving this full on feel to where you guys are being personal about it, but also we can be personal about it as well with whatever we're going through and still kind of meet in the middle of where the song is leading us. I, I have to say that is absolutely incredible to really give this record and give this album a place where a lot of people can derive a lot of inspiration from it, derive a lot of motivation from it, derive a lot of just, self-reflection from it and go forward and really be impacted by the music, by the lyrics, by the words and everything in between. Yeah, that's cool. You know, the, the reality is, is that I think for people, when they think about faith or religion, they tend to think about people who are fake or plastic or um, out of touch with reality and things like that. But the reality is, is for me and my faith is that um, it's incredibly real and alive and present every day of my life and it's because the things that you know that i deal with in regards to really understanding like what the gospel's about or what does it mean to be a christian are real things that everybody deals with 
And it's really a lot of the times we just put different names on them, you know, but like there's a song called Deadweight that's just about pride. Um, and it's about how um, I was really just looking back on a time in my life and how I honestly how I viewed other people. And I would find this like pride, like just kind of like sneaking into my heart and just making me think just like awful, ugly things. And so that song is basically just like a prayer, like saying to God, like, take that, like, take that out of my heart, you know, don't stop bleeding out the pride in me. That's what the chorus says, you know, because it is such an ugly thing, you know, and I think that a lot, nobody, nobody likes arrogant people, right? Um, but obviously, there's a lot more deeper implications for myself personally, uh, and also just in regards to how to properly understand uh, what is the gospel all about and it's about this free grace and if if i'm acting arrogantly because of the knowledge or information i think i may have i don't understand what grace is if it's if it's unmerited favor who am i walking around who am i to walk around as if i've earned it if that makes sense so um yeah i definitely can see the layers that people could get from that which is cool um because it i just think it's the most real thing in my life um, and, uh, it, I, I do hope that people can relate to it and also start maybe seeing a different angle on, uh, faith that they hadn't thought about either. Absolutely. And going into dead weight as well, a little bit more, cause talking about just having this feeling of pride and how it can potentially, you know, damage some of the relationships you have with people because you kind of maybe see a little bit of a different way. And the way I took it with, you know, I did see, you know, I did feel the pride part of that song. But in, but taking a look at it, you know, dropping that pride so that when we're dealing with people, when we're dealing with friends and family and people that might have a different opinion than us, instead of having this full on pride feel to it, we can deploy compassion, deploy empathy towards the people that we're friends with, foes with, whoever it might be, and get to know and understand them a little bit better, get to understand ourselves a little better, get to understand the situation a little bit better so that we can have a constructive dialogue and continue to grow as people instead of having this full-on pride moment and potentially use that to kind of isolate ourselves in a way similar, you know, like isolation. And during the pandemic, we were all alone in our own little like, you know, rooms and everything because we couldn't really leave our houses. And that kind of feeling kind of is a similar way to like how pride might end up creeping into you and just isolating you from just other people that you might like. I mean, your, your circle of the people that you're going to talk into your influence are kind of is going to shrink. If you have a lot yeah. of pride, if you're able to give up that pride and deploy compassion, deploy empathy towards a lot of other people, it's that your world's going to expand and you're going to end up getting to know more things. You're going to end up getting to create these deeper and better relationships with yourself. And if you're very much of a religious or faithful person with God as well, there's so much there again with layers, no matter how you see it, because the core meaning is there. And then mm -hmm. us taking it forward, it just keeps going forward. And that's not even the only song that does. That. I mean, pretty much every single song you have on this record has that quality to it. That's cool. It is something that really struck a chord with me. And one song I do want to talk about very specifically, though, is the first song in the album, which is Shadows. Because when I was looking through the whole entire, you know, little press release, it talked about using Plato's allegory of the cave to really go in through this whole entire album and go through the whole entire song. And out of every single song, right when I listened to that one from the first one, that was the one that I always have this moment during an album 
where one song will have me just kind of sit back and go, whoa, what was that? <laughs> like, what was that? And yeah, it's cool. for this to be the first one on the album, it already had it. Like, I'm already hooked into this album right then and there. So uh, when it came to Shadows, using Plato's allegory for the cave, what was the inspiration like for that? And why did you use that specifically? So I'd heard, yeah, I'd heard the allegory before. And it was really interesting to me, you know, uh, philosophy is interesting to me and learning how other people think. Obviously, you know, Plato is, um, you know, historically known for, you know, his philosophy and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really love learning how other people think. Um, and so I remember reading the allegory and I thought it was really interesting on really it's his take on what truth is um, and how to come to understand truth and how people struggle with truth. Um, and for me, when I when I read that that allegory, it felt it hit me. It hit home so much with me because I felt like I felt exactly like one of those guys in the cave as he's explaining the al allegory. You know, um, do, do you want me to ex just quickly explain it in case you, people don't know? Or? I, I would say yes, just because I'm yeah, not sure okay. how many people know. Even myself, when I was yeah. reading through, like I had to look up the allegory and really go through it for about maybe 20, 30 minutes so I could fully understand what was going on. Yeah. So like. I'll make it as like simple as possible. Basically, it's this idea of these guys who are chained together, all looking into a cave. And um, the only kind of way that they come to understand the light is through understand light is that they see the shadows that the light creates. And, you know, they one of the guys decides he wants to break free because he wants to see if there's more to reality than just these shadows that they're seeing. Um, and what happens is he breaks free and goes out and sees reality for what it is, but it's like too much for him to take. And so he goes back to the cave. Um, the truth was too hard for him to handle. Um, and now I, I didn't take the, the allegory to the, to that end because I had a very different experience, but I remember, so I grew up in a Christian home and there were, you know, I grew up kind of just hearing stuff in church and I didn't, there came a point where I realized I didn't really understand what I claim to understand. Um, and it was that moment for me where it was like, I need to know what the truth is. I felt like I was the one that was looking at shadows thinking I was that that was reality. Um, and really I was just kind of taking everyone's word for it. Everything I heard in church, I just kind of took their word for it. And there came a moment where I realized I need to know this God I claim to know for myself. Um, and so that was, that's, like in the in the song, you know, where it says turn and face the sun, that's basically that was that moment for me where it's like, I'm going to go and look at the sun because I want to see this thing that's creating this light and these shadows. And I want to understand it for myself, not just this, um, you know, secondhand or supposed idea of the truth. And so that was really me coming to understand what the gospel is all about. And so that song really kind of is like a catalog of my whole life. Um, and so I just thought the allegory was such a cool way to kind of depict my relationship with the truth and coming to understand who God really is. And I found out he was not who I thought he was. Um, I had kind of just made up an idea of God in my mind based off of a few things I heard. And then when I actually had to interact with the real truth, I realized I didn't know anything. And what I came to understand was far better than what I had made it out to be myself. So, um, yeah, that's where the song came from. A couple of things on that one, using that allegory, I thought was an incredible move because 
even if people don't necessarily know the allegory, there's people in philosophy that definitely will based on how famous it is with Plato. But people that don't know are able to go and look it up and really get an understanding of where this song came from and kind of the path and the story that this song came from. And then they're able to use it as an example and put their own personal experiences in there like I did myself to really understand, you know, where it's coming from if you're the person that wants to break free because you're only seeing those shadows. On, on When I look at it as well, kind of, I can relate to it in a couple of different ways. One being that Christ, uh, the, the faith, because I grew up in a Christian home as well, Catholic home, and going through life as well, it was seeing those shadows and always hearing about, you know, the way life is or the way God is and everything. It was other, it was like those other people that you're you now kind of chained to in that allegory that are trying to create the reality around those shadows without necessarily knowing fully what's going on. Right. And at that point for myself, I was like, I kind of have to break away from this kind of like with, you know, with you kind of having to break away from that idea to kind of go find the, go find out the, the truth, go find out the word fi- world, go find out for yourself. And when I did that for myself, it was like, Oh wow, this is something incredible where it's something where I'm not necessarily as, you know, religious as many other people. However, it's some of the principles from that time I still carry with me to point compassion, to point empathy, trying to be the best person you can possibly be to every other one or the person around because you don't know what those people are going through. And to point compassion is the best possible and to create the best world possible and to bring those principles into this world. Or on another end, where especially a lot of stuff that's going on in the world, all the all this misinformation that people are being presented and just the way that there's other different things going on with the media where everyone's trying to pull you one way or this side trying to pull you the other way. It's being able to break from that and see light and kind of see things for what they truly are so that you can make your own decisions and really kind of take charge of your own life and not find, kind of follow or fall into this pattern of being influenced by these people that have other motives for what they're telling you, what they're trying to get you to think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. It's a, it's obviously I wrote the song from like the personal standpoint, but it really is the allegories about truth and how we interact with it. And sometimes sometimes it's hard for people to come to grips with what the real truth actually is. And they would rather settle for their created version of the truth. And that's what I really liked about the allegory, because I was really content with my idea of religion. And the reason why is because it was comfortable and it made me look good and it made me feel good. Um, and, but the reality is, is that it was cheap. It was so cheap and it was, it was so fake and shallow and I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, um, to, to, you know, had that, that moment of clarity to realize I need to, I need to know, I need to know who God is for myself, not just secondhand knowledge. Um, cause that's basically what somebody revealed to me from talking to me. So <laughs> that's, that's how that happened. It's a cool thing to have happen as well, because with that revelation that you had, it's, I assume, and just you know, hearing your voice and just being able to take a little bit from this conversation and with the story that you're being, that you've told us, it's not only, you know, help you become a better person for yourself, a happier person for yourself, but had that not happened, I mean, you probably aren't going to be the father or the husband that you are today or the, you know, the band mate that you are today being able to just really understand a little bit more about yourself, understand more about the world, understand more about your relationship with God, the gospel, everything, and deploy those lessons that you have learned, deploy that compassion, deploy that empathy in everything you do to make the world around you a much better place. Oh, yeah. I mean, it radically it radically changed my life because we all have a worldview. We all have, we all adopt truths 
And a lot of times we don't really question where they come from. And that's what I realized is that, okay, I had all that, this whole truth system built up. Where did it actually come from? Cause there were times I felt like I was just making it up. And I, I was almost like, it was like the cult of Steve, you know, which you're like, don't, I'm not, don't follow me. I'm not a cult leader, you know, like, yeah, that, but that's how I was acting, you know? And so it is, it was, it was probably the like greatest radical change of my life. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of other people that kind of, especially myself too, can relate to that as well, where growing up in that, you know, world, of course, when you're growing up, it's the influences that you're going to have are much more concentrated around what, you know, who the people that are around you, because when you're younger, you're growing up, the influence are going to be around, you know, your parents, your family, the people are really around you, friends, neighbors. And if you're, and if your family is rather religious or rather, you know, very strong in their faith, the church or the religious institution that you uh, follow by and believe in, it's going to be those people and those leaders around there are going to end up having more influence. So like you said, as you kind of got older, it's like you're not necessarily sure you fully understand what you're saying or what you're saying you believe. So be able to go out and take a look and just really see the sunlight, see what the light is showing you, especially from the allegory, having that radical revelation to understanding, you know, the view that you had that was influenced by so many other people was not the true view that you were going to end up like feeling or abiding by. And when you found that it helped you become a much stronger person, that closer connection, got closer connection to the gospel and better all around when it comes to your interactions with your family, your friends, your, your children, your, your mm-hmm. band mates, everybody that you meet, your fans even as well. And be able to connect with them on that aspect, especially showing something like this on a song like this and throughout the whole entire album, showing this personal feel and then also connecting with the fans well that listen to this because there's plenty of other Wolves of the Gate fans that have been able to, when they listen to this album, what they'll do is they'll be able to relate to a lot of those things as well and they'll become even more connected with the band and more connected with themselves on top of it. Yeah, it's cool. And I think what was a lot of fun about the song was having the song, because uh, I, I love like telling a story with the song. Um, it's like one of the most powerful ways I've been impacted by music. And so it's fun when the music kind of follows that pattern, you know, of, you know, you hear like the way that the chorus kind of changes at the end, you know, the the first, I guess, three quarters of the song is focusing on this idea of the darkness and the confusion and not understanding where I'm at and think, you know, kind of feeling hopeless in some senses and then kind of eyes, eyes open, the music changes and hopefully the music feels like eyes open. I love, I love doing that. It's a lot of fun. Well, I can definitely tell you after taking a look at my notes real quickly on the whole entire song that how you're describing it is definitely the way that it came across to me when I was listening to it. Because even when you get to the chorus, you kind of like the backing gets a little bit more melodic and broken up. The drums focus on more of the cymbals instead of like more of the toms and the snare, which you guys had from the beginning. And mm-hmm. the guitars have a little bit of a rougher sound with a more melodic pacing, a little bit of less volume attached to them. But it's only, there's a little bit more of this electronic programming over the top to kind of piece the song to give this brand new revelation feel. And that's just in the, you know, the, the majority of the choruses. Because when you break from that cave to see the sun, it adds so much of the overall emotion. You're starting to feel this different emotion because you're, you're realizing the truth for the first time. You get to that point of realizing that your understanding of the world wasn't the way that you thought it was. And now it's time for you to find your own path in life. But then you get to the outroing chorus at the end. It has a little bit of a lighter feel on top of it as that program is a little bit amped up. But it's a great way to end the song as the chorus goes on and builds up even more to the end with the layer programming further increasing as the drums get more prominent with the toms and the snare fill. So you're really having this full on 
like exposure explosion of just revelation at that point after going through the whole entire story because even i read in part of the story for the allegory after the guy you know leaves the cave sees the sun goes back to try and tell the people that are still chained there kind of what he saw and they still refuse to believe it because they don't want to go away from the world they've created for themselves yeah 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 that's cool it's it's absolutely insane and not only that but then even like you go to the verses as well the verses have a much heavier feel to them where you know especially if you're going through something like this and you're still in that portion where you're in the cave yeah it's gonna have a much heavier feel because you're gonna feel like something isn't right you're gonna feel like you don't necessarily know that there's gonna be a full-on truth there even in the second verse it's like you don't go right into like a second you know go but go to a pre-chorus right before the chorus like there's a whole breakdown part in there and it <laughs> as i have in here i already it was unexpected and cool at the same time the breakdown hits with more of this bursting primal drum the guitar some of this technical approach to their tone but their drop back in vo volume to seem heavier let the drums take over it's a fantastic movie because it gives the song so much more of this primal anger and power that cannot be beat and it is just so cool to have happen when you feel that and i've you know I've, I've assumed, especially in the story that you've told, you felt that as well, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. You have to have that full on, you know, powerful emotion to potentially break yeah. out and go and see the sunlight and see what truly is happening. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's cool. That was communicated and it's fun. That's the kind of the beauty of making music is, yeah, getting to express things that it's sometimes just hard to express with words and you need music with it to to make it really land, you know. Absolutely. And the reason why you need music to make Atlanta is because especially when we, uh, for us as, you know, listeners and you as a music creator and music listener as well, yeah. when you hear certain sounds and when you hear certain tones on the guitar, the bass, the drums, types of program, everything over there, we all associate those sounds with a certain emotion and it could be for completely mm -hmm. different reasons, but there's always some core emotion that's being associated with those sounds for a lot of people. And when you hear them, it just flows perfectly. So this really hit, you know, incredibly well in terms of really going through the whole entire story, hitting the emotion, specifically with the instrumentals. But the vocals don't shy away from that either. Your guys' vocals, between, you know, the heavier, unclean style vocals and the verses, then the chorus, the cleaner style as well, it shows even more of that as well with those different tones, with those different styles. So telling this story and actually showing the emotion to it so we can put it in our minds and have this tangible experience with it, I mean, that's why, honestly, for the whole entire album, Shadows is my favorite track. And oh, that's it, this, it was it was it was something that I'm like, this is insane. This is nuts. I'm absolutely loving every second of this. It was the one where before this interview and throughout the whole entire day after I got the whole entire album, this is the one I kept finding myself going back to over and over and over again. Uh, that's awesome. However, it wasn't the only one I found myself going over and over and over again. One of the other ones I kept finding myself going back and forth to was uh, one of your singles, Lights and Fire. That was one that also really stuck out to me, especially as it had more of this full-on post-hardcore style to it, where, again, some of the other songs had a much heavier vibe, some of the songs had mm -hmm. a lighter vibe to it, but this one was like the one that I first ever listened to from you guys that had me like, okay, now I'm excited for this album. Let's go, because... <laughs> this is the one that before I'm like, I listen to this one that's like, okay, I want to talk to these guys. So when it came to Lights and Fire, what was the inspiration behind this song and with the sound that you guys came up with on it? Yeah, so like sound-wise, the song just started on acoustic. Um, yeah, it was just, I remember, yeah, I think, I think I just, sometimes if I can't sleep, I just come down and, you know, write music. <laughs> and I just grabbed the acoustic and... Uh, 
restrung it and that was the first thing i started playing was just the chord progression and the melody came to me and i was like whoa this is really cool but i had no idea how to actually make it what i wanted it to be you know it's great to kind of get the bones you know of like what a song is and the melody and you know chord progression but that song probably went through like three or four different versions that were different like pretty noticeably different just trying to figure out like how do i capture this energy properly you know um and the emotion as well because the song yeah this that uh this song was probably like the most um probably like personal close to home probably it probably captures something that i probably felt like the strongest i've ever felt in my life you know like emotion wise um you know there was a a time in my life where it just felt like yeah everything everything was falling apart you know like you can see it in the lyrics you know everything i once held on to you know everything that felt like it was important to me you know i i just graduated college and you know we're just kind of starting things off with the band and um you know did not have a lot of money let's put it that way but my my house got robbed that I was living in with some other guys and all my gear was stolen, all my recording equipment, anything I had, basically everything I had that was like valuable was gone except for like, and they stole some clothes too. Like who steals clothes? You know, like, like this is what I wear. You know, I got flannel shirts. It's, it's not nothing special, but it was kind of like insult to injury. It was like, Mm -hmm. and you stole some of my clothes. (laughs) I just came home. My door was just wide open on the front door. And I lived with like five other guys. None of their stuff was stolen, just all my stuff. So it was like one of those things where I was like, like you got to be kidding me. You know, it was just kind of one thing after another. You know, I was in a, a long time relationship that I really thought, um, yeah, I really thought was going to go somewhere. And I, I had to end the relationship, unfortunately. And it was really painful. And, you know, just the thing after thing kept happening. You know, I ended up I, I wanted to play soccer uh, for a living. I played in college and I ended up tearing my ACL and my meniscus like a month later. And so that was kind of done. Um, you know, any, so it's just like, I just felt like everything like, yeah, that was important to me was being taken away and, uh, really just revealed to me like how much I was clinging to things that could be taken away, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a verse in the Bible that says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I realized that my treasure was in things that could be taken away. And that's why my joy was taken away, my peace, my comfort, like everything. And I realized that, like, that was not a really good place to be. Obviously, like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, like, care about the things that you have or relationships. That's that's fine. But it's how much do they own you, you know? How much are they dictating what how they make you feel or how comfortable you feel or how safe you or secure you feel like those things aren't designed to satisfy us in that way. And that's, it was like a really powerful lesson for me to learn that, yeah, there was something that could never be taken away, which is this perfect love that God has for me, you know? Um, And, and so it was like, it was so powerful. just like being so broken, but, like in the midst of being so broken, I'd never felt so loved in my life, you know, because I, I kind of realized like 
I don't ever want to look at those sorts of things that way ever again, because I have something that is, um, that can't be taken away. I have something that, you know, is invaluable, you know? Um, and that's where like my hope and my security should be. And so, yeah, it's so, it's so incredible how things that can be so seemingly destructive be so like, like powerfully, um, used to reveal like something so much better, you know, the absolute craziest thing about that whole entire story you just told is how similar it is to something that I exactly went through just getting out of college as well, where is you know, relationships had the exact same thing going on and then relationship ended and I, it, it was a struggle to try and get through. And then mm-hmm. just everything going on with life was just coming down, crumbling around, down around me. And it felt like I had lost literally everything that I had because right when I got out of college, it was, you know, I have all, I have everything in front of me, world's on my shoulders. This is great. Fast track nine months into the future from that moment. And I was the most miserable I ever was. And Mm -hmm. it was like that darkness and that's just horrible feeling of just my my life is completely shattered. But that Bible verse that you just mentioned, I I Mm -hmm. can, what was it again? It was your treasures where your heart is. Yeah. Where your treasure is there will your heart be also. Yeah. Yeah. And just by saying that as well, I mean, that definitely connects with me because the, the, where my heart was, was nowhere near and where the treasure was where my heart was, it was nowhere near compatible at that time. So having Hmm. to try and find that to try and build back myself up so that I could find something that I like basically find my treasure, find where my heart is and really connect everything to it so that I could use that what I had gone through and not look at down at, on as, as potentially as a negative, but as a learning process and a positive to get mm-hmm. to where I wanted to be in life and where I really wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just absolutely hit every step of the way on this song and you hearing your story and kind of even related to how similar it is almost eerily similar to what I went through. It's like no wonder why when I listen to this song, it just hit in a completely different way. And people that didn't go through something like, you know, as similar as what we went through, but people who've gone through those moments in time where it feels like life is crumbling down around you and everything is gone. It kind of shows that it's always darkest before the dawn moment. It gives you time to reflect and really try and figure out where your heart is and what you really love in life, what you really care about in life to really hold on to that can't be taken away from you. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really neat, you know, and honestly, that was, uh, you know, a lot of our songs, um, you know, in the past, uh, I think lyrically, a lot of these songs are different just because um, I did connect uh, a lot more personally in the lyrics. And my hope is that that, that helps people, you know, because, I, you know, I, I can only imagine the things that I've struggled through or wrestled through are things that other people have. And so it, it is kind of crazy, like you said, you know, same period of time too in your life and similar things that happened, you know, that's that's just kind of wild that we have that similarity there. But yeah, it is it is exciting for me to, um, you know, to in, an, in another way to see that that pain isn't in vain either, that, you know, whenever I meet people or talk to fans and, or people ask me for advice, like one of the first things I generally run to are the places that I've experienced pain or made, or a lot of the times because of my own mistakes. And I, I would love to spare people from, you know, maybe making bad decisions or, or like putting themselves in places that aren't healthy. And because, you know, I kind of see, I've learned a lot from 
other people's mistakes and their suffering and the things that they've shared with me, you know, and I want to be able to share that because man, that's like, you know, that's a freebie. It's like, you don't have to go through the pain, but you can learn the, you can learn the important lesson and see the value or the beauty in that truth. And so if I could do that for somebody else, you know, and help them see how easy it can be to like have your, your heart like strangled by um, attaching it to things that you aren't meant, you aren't meant to be satisfied in, you know? Um, And really, again, it's just this, yeah, beautiful love that God had that he has for me that I was just like, I was treating all these other things as if they were the things that really gave me security and comfort and where are they now, you know? Yeah, they're, um, who knows where they are, especially those clothes that they took. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows where they actually are? If you see a guy wearing like a lot of flannels like this, you know, but I just, it was a long time ago, so it's, it's not happening. I'm pretty sure I could walk, walk a mile down the street, go to every bar that's in a one mile radius of my house and find like 10 people wearing those shirts. I know. It's going to be tough for me to try and find yeah, someone like, right. like the exact person. It's However, right, yeah. However, even going th- into it as well, with the lyrics that you express on the song and with the style of the song as well, instrumentally how it's put together, it does do a lot for people that are even going through that at that moment. Because when you're in that moment where your heart is being strangled and a lot of things are being taken away from it, you thought you cared about and just, you know, weren't necessarily the things that really were going to end up bringing you the full amount of joy in life and full amount of passion, life, full amount of fulfillment in life that you really want to make, you know, yourself have the best life and be the best person you can possibly be to yourself, to your family, to your friends and to everybody else around the world. But what it does is in those dark times, I mean, we went through those and you feel like nothing is there. It feels like every place you go, the world just keeps getting a little bit darker and darker and darker. Mm-hmm. But with the way the song is structured, because it has much more of this, lighter feel to it much more of this upbeat pattern behind everything that's in there but it's not this upbeat pattern like an upbeat you know party party woohoo pattern it's this upbeat revelation kind of feel as well to really mm-hmm. give us a moment where even when you're going through that as well if you're in those darkest of moments you know at, after listening to the song that those dark moments are not permanent they are not here to last yes it seems like they might go on forever at times but they're not here to last and you if you can get through those you'll be able to find what really you really care about in life and what you can really attach your heart to to find that treasure whatever it might be and then go forward and really you know get out of that place where it feels like your life is crashing around you it really gives inspiration to the point of life does get better life can get better it will just even when you're in that darkest place and you don't think it is with a song like lights and fire, it makes you understand that it will get to that point where you can get out of that. You have the ability to get out of that. And it's not, it's not gonna be the easiest thing in the world. And, but I mean, cause getting out of that probably wasn't easy for you. It wasn't easy for me, but being able to do something like that, whew, it, it's, it's made life a thousand times better through the help of, you know, talking with my, like talking to my friends, with my family, working on self revelation, self, you know, um, meditation, it helped out a hell of a lot. And I mean, I'm, I'm really thankful for it. And I'm glad that, you know, you guys put together a song using your own personal experience and something like this and bringing out a lot more positivity behind it. So people that have gone through this can look back on that and realize how much they've grown from that moment. Yeah. I mean, we always want with our songs, we definitely want to kind of pull back the curtain on what goes on in the heart 
and what goes on in life and that pain is real and that suffering is real. Um, but we always want to be able to give hope as well, because like in the song, like I don't allude to any bit of my circumstances changing, but really what changed was my mind, you know, not, it's not like the, the, the moral of the story isn't, you know, I got all my gear back. I got all my clothes back, you know, my knee repaired, like, no, like I had to go through a year and a half of rehab, you know, like I had to go buy all new guitar stuff and like all new gear. And, you know, and I was, I didn't, I wasn't in a relationship for like another five years, you know? Um, but what changed was my mind, how I looked at those things and where I was, how I was looking at them. And that's what I was really thankful for. And that really, I guess the hope that, um, yeah, I hope that people are able to see is, you know, cause there are, for some people like that hill just goes for a long time, you know, and we don't know when that stops. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know when that's going to stop for somebody else. And I don't want to give somebody false hope and maybe tell them to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but rather maybe you can change your mind as to how you look at these things and understand that there's, there's a better hope or that there's something better. And for me, it was a realization of, something that I had that I really just didn't value properly, which was, you know, the comfort I had from knowing that I had God's love, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that was the biggest takeaway for me was my mind needing to change. And you can see again with that song, how it ties to this ideal of, uh, idea of eulogies. There was an, a belief that I had that had to die. And that's kind of where the idea of, can you see the lights and fire fall? you know, burning down so there's nothing left at all. It's like this idea, this belief that I had had to die, you know, it had to be burnt away um, so that I could see, you know, at the end where it says sifting through the wreck and ashes, can you hear the love that calls? You know, that's kind of full circle of the, the concept for me. Yeah. The one thing that you said that I think is the most important takeaway from this whole entire song is that it was a like a mindset change that you had around a lot of these things in order to help get through because there's not very few times that there are going to be actual events or a lot of things that are going to help out. But you can't just say pull yourselves up by your bootstraps because we've been through that. And I've had people, you know, tell me that as well. You might have had people tell you that as well. It's like, oh, just pull yourself up. You'll be fine. You just just don't worry about it. Get through it. And it doesn't help because we're trying. <laughs> If if, no. if if it was if it was something like that's all we had to do we would have done it already we're trying it, we're, we got to find a different way to do it it's like telling a it's like telling a hungry person you know be fed right you you can't just if somebody's hungry you don't just go well, well be nourished be be fed you know you have to find a way to help them if you can't give them food find a way to help them find food and that's kind of the problem is that in those circumstances people have a lot of bad advice you know and honestly it's advice that's going to put you right back to where right back to where it got, you know, you, I guess you got yourself in that, that mess. So yeah, I, uh, I hear you, man. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And then like being able to change your mind around that as well. And it's not the easiest thing in the world, but it takes a lot of self, you know, reflection, self meditation, and even conversation with people that you trust and that you love that are going to, you know, also talk to you, be honest with you, but also try and help you out as well. It's those kind of conversations with yourself and with those people you trust is going to be what helps you get to that realization moment of what you can of you know how to how to help yourself out of this situation, how to help change your mind to in order to potentially take a look at these things as a positive and stepping zones to the next thing that you're going to go to, and to potentially find that love and faith in God that's going to help you get through this as well and be that hope 
that's going to end up powering you through this because hope is one of the most powerful emotions that there ever is. And because there's times where people are going through horrible, horrible things, but they still have this shred of hope that just has them to keep going, keep going, keep going. And if you still have that hope alive and well in you, even when everything is crumbling down around you or it feels like everything is crumbling down around you, just having that hope allows you to keep trying Keep trying to find different things that are going to end up helping out your situation. Keep trying to reflect and see where you can find that meditation point where all of a sudden you realize how to use these things for a positive and get yourself out of this. And it is easier said than done, but being able to rely on different support systems like your faith, like your family, your friends, people you trust, and relying on yourself as well, having this all kind of come together to help get yourself out of that situation, help change your mind. It it is something incredible, and again, when it comes to lights and fire, with the way that that song sounds sonically, it just adds so much energy to that moment, to that feeling of hope. If you have that hope and it's alive and well, you're gonna get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. It, it, I mean, listening to that song is like because that's the first song I really listened to from you guys. Like, <gasps> like there was something there, and now I see why there was such a huge connection behind it. Like, like this is nuts. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I, I I still can't believe that the thing that's just shocked me most is like how similar those stories are between yeah. yourself and myself. It's just, and then all of a sudden I'm thinking, am I just like a younger version of you at this point? <laughs> Maybe we don't know. <laughs> Maybe yeah yeah we don't know. One of the other songs on this album that really struck a chord with me as well was the titular song "Eulogies." Because all of a sudden, you know, after Lights and Fire, I'm like, okay, you know, definitely get this more upbeat. All of a sudden, eulogies come in. I'm just like, okay, this is definitely going in a much, much, much heavier direction. And I was all for it. So, and we already talked about kind of like the overall idea of the album eulogies. Is the song just kind of that embodiment of the whole entire album at this point? Just kind of shrunk into one song? Or does it have this whole entire other, you know, ideal behind it? A whole entire other inspiration behind it that made it the titular track? Yeah, so... Um, like I told you, like, I, I didn't realize I was writing the the record under the steam eulogies while I was working on it. It was only afterward. And, and so I had just written the song eulogies, um, which is basically, it kind of captures this, it's really like wild short period of time that I totally related with. Um, and I think it's kind of, uh, so it's, it, Basically, what happens is what happened was Jesus dies on the cross and he had he had these disciples who followed him. And all along, they didn't they didn't understand really why Jesus had come. They thought he had come to be a king, that he was going to like, you know, get out this like sword that was on fire and like, you know, like destroy the Romans. Like they had the wrong idea of what he had come to do. And so this this man who they'd seen do these incredible things was dead. And they just dedicated three years of their life to following him. Like they left their jobs, they left their families and they're walking on this road. And I really just, the song, I'm trying to capture them, what they're thinking while walking on this road. And this is where you're going to see this idea of eulogies tying to shadows as well. um, And how I, I can I like kind of see myself in the circumstances that they're thinking that Jesus had like failed at his mission, you know, what he had come to do. Um, and what happens is, is while they're walking this road, like probably depressed, thinking, what do we do now? We just left our jobs 
and Jesus wasn't actually the Messiah. He wasn't God. Um, Jesus actually meets them on the road and they didn't recognize him and he's talking with them and they, so they're confused, you know, and this guy's talking when basically Jesus explains what everything has been about all, like all of history, what, but what the gospel really is about. And during this time, as they're starting to finally understand everything, they say like, they're like their hearts were burning. Um, and, and really what they thought was this violent eulogy, right? Um, that's kind of how I describe it in this in the chorus is to them, they thought, man, this was a brutal murder, right? Jesus was crucified in this brutal and terrible way. They started to understand that it wasn't a violent eulogy. It was actually a beautiful eulogy because what Jesus was doing was going to the cross to, to die for the sins of men, you know? And they realized that, oh, he wasn't a victim. He's a victor. You know, he didn't, he wasn't captured by the Romans and the, and the Pharisees and put to death and he couldn't do anything about it. He actually offered himself up, um, you know, for, for mankind. And so to me, I just related so much with the, the disciples in the sense that I didn't get what the gospel was about growing up. And I had this wrong understanding of it. And it always let me, it always kind of left me to this place of feeling like, what is this all about? You know, am I wasting my time? And so I could really relate with their experience. And so I, I'm sure you can see kind of how that ties to the idea of shadows. Um, this idea of what I thought the whole Bible was about had to die as well. And as it did for the disciples. And so that's kind of how, um, that's kind of how that song all came together. Again, I'm just like captivated by just hearing how all these different things are tying into how you were inspired by this stuff, using these different things when it came to the gospel and, you know, relating it to your life as well. Cause a lot of us can relate it to our lives as well when it comes to just something similar like this, where, because even when I was listening to the song as well, listening through it, I was picking up different inspirations by bands like Wage War and Architects. And when it came to this Architect inspiration, I was specifically picking up stuff from their 2018 album, Holy Hell. And that whole entire album basically goes through the band's grieving process after losing their guitarist, Tom yeah. Cyril. And listening to the tone on that, it's just like, you know, they're struggling at that time when they're making something, they're struggling to wonder how do we move forward with someone who was so integral, a brother to, you know, a biological yeah. brother to one of the members, but a brother to everyone that was on there. How yeah. do you move forward with something like that? And then just having this revelation of, you know, we can move, we, we can move forward, we can move on, but we also can move on with their influence still a part of us, with their love still a part of us. Because a lot of the stuff that, you know, you still listen to architects, like, it's like, it's still very Tom Cyril influence going forward, mm -hmm. kind of using the disciples as well. It's, you know, at this point, they're wondering, where do we go from here? Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's our whole entire premonition of what we thought it was just kind of went away. And all yeah. of a sudden, now this truth is being revealed to them because they're walking along this, this road and they're talking to some guy that they don't think that they know, but it ends up being Jesus, the guy that they followed. <laughs> <laughs> and had come back from the dead and then looking at yourself as well, just not necessarily sure, you know, what, what their faith, Bible, gospel, everything like that. And all of a sudden going out and seeing what is again, related to shadows, it, it, it works so much in conjunction and for people that, you know, don't necessarily have that close connection to it. How I could look at something like this as well, where looking at eulogies, it's 
going back to that period of time where I wasn't necessarily sure what was going on in life and everything was going wrong and kind of my whole entire world was kind of shattering around me. It's understanding that the idea of the life that I thought that I wanted, all of a sudden that's gone now because I realized that was not the way it was supposed to be. And that's why I think so. I was like, okay, was that necessarily the truth? I kept hearing people, you know, be yourself, do this, do that. Just follow your own paths. Like, well, I thought this is what I wanted, but this is what I want. So what, what am I supposed to follow? And then it gave me time to actually realize what I want to follow and let that whole entire other part of like what I thought it was kind of die off and actually mm-hmm. see the truth of where I wanted to go in life. So there's so many different instances, so many different thought processes, so many different influences that people can take from this song, apply it to their own lives and still feel just as powerful and just as connected no matter what really comes a part of it, whether it is more closely tied to faith, religion, the gospel, or closely tied to the loss of somebody or potentially close close to like the loss of yourself anywhere in there. And just this whole entire idea of realization and rebirth in a way. It, mm-hmm. It's it's one of the coolest things I think I've seen in music, especially, you know, even though we're only through a couple, like beginning of 2022, this is still one of the coolest things I've seen so far this year. And I'm pretty sure at the end of the year, I'm going to be looking back at this and saying, this is still one of the coolest things I've seen this whole entire year. Well, that's awesome. Thanks, man. It, it, is, it is something that really stands out. And I've got to look at my notes because there was one other piece that I remember, and it was in the bridge of the song. Because all of a sudden, there's this piano that takes more focus over there. Every time I hear a piano in a song, it like it adds that theatrical, just more mindful, yeah. emotional part to it. I'm like, okay, you know, here, this is definitely, it, especially <laughs> with how heavy the song is. I love yeah. the transition of the part of this. Drums and guitars kind of are, uh, they heavily provide a deeper backing. Then the second half, it honestly felt like you guys put some more programming in there that was circa like Linkin Park 2003 in my mind. I thought, it oh, adds to more to this feeling overall that in order to move forward and keep going through life, you need to hit that realization point that salvation can come if you work towards it and that life is made in those moments of integrity. And that is that is how I love how the song takes them a lot of heavy bursts to break us down before getting that beautiful chorus to close out the entire song through that bridge. It's that influence in there that like, as I put it, the Linkin Park 2003 electronic programming style. Yeah. After that piano, I was like, oh. <gasps> whoa like like having that all in there it just transitions so perfectly and really fit in with the story of what you're trying to talk about and the meaning behind it and also with other people putting their own like personal stories in there to kind of let it influence them and let it really understand the song it just adds so much more to the whole entire flow of the song the flow of that story like we had talked about with uh lights and fire like we talked about with shadows everything around there and that's not even like that's just saying that on this this couple of songs as well um, I would say this, every song in the album has that feel of going from one to the start to the end, telling the story, telling the message through the music as well, and going every step of the way. I, like, I'll say this, the flow on each and every song was just chef's choice, <laughs> top notch. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, I like that you picked out that little like, you know, uh, electronic drum beat in the bridge and uh, honored that you said it sounded like Linkin Park. You know, we're all we're all big fans of, of Lincoln Park, uh, you know, and and that you said it kind of had this feeling of like moving forward. I wanted to make it sound like somebody was like what would be like the sound of like feet on a dirt road, you know, or a gravel road and kind of because ha- that's that's the premise of the song, you know, so that's kind of cool that you got that feeling of like moving forward or walking or whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, those are those are like the little things that probably like so many people wouldn't care about, but it's like very gratifying for me to find, you know, that it gave you that feeling. So that's cool. 
Well, I, one of the reasons why it gave me that feeling is because whenever I go through a song like this, I want to go through it as deeply as possible. Like I told you earlier on, it's like, mm -hmm. I want to go through these as much as possible. So I always, you know, first thing I'll do is I'll listen to the whole entire, I'm listening to the whole entire song just from a fan's perspective. So I'm just going to go through it and really enjoy it. Just take it all in like I'd be listening to it for the first time. Then I'll go through these songs again and try and figure out the meaning to these songs. If I can find the lyrics, great. Then it helps me you know, decipher everything a little bit easier. If I can't, I got to listen more intently and really take it in and figure it out. Then when I have an idea of what the meaning is, kind of what the flow of the song is, like kind of where the story is going, then I can take a look at all these different pieces of the instrumental breakdown, of the vocal breakdown, vocal patterns at every section of the song and really get a full feel for it and understand, you know, maybe there's something in there like it's using that, you know, Linkin Park 2003 electronic programming backbeat feel. Yeah, initially, you know, at points in time, people might be thinking, this kind of is interesting to put in there, but why is it in there? And then I'm going through and it has this feeling of, you know, moving forward. It just adds so much more to the song. It adds so much more to the experience of it. And I want to pull that out and I want to not only give you guys credit for doing something like this, but give notice to it. So when people are listening to this song, they can listen to it with that idea that, you know, this is kind of having this moving forward feel and then go through the song and potentially have that be the part that they just ends up latching onto for the whole entire song and have it be the piece where they always want to come back to and then listen to the whole entire song and really get that full feel once again and really experience it from front to back. Yeah, that's cool. And that's why I hope everyone ends up listening to eulogies when it comes out because, well, if you don't, you're missing out. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You guys are missing out. <laughs> <laughs> so before we end up trying tying this up, I got a couple of other things I want to ask. And one thing is, you know, this album's coming out on March 11th. There's going to be a lot of, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to try and hype this up as much as I possibly can because I really, 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 really enjoyed this album. But Thanks. I, I'm a, there's going to be a lot of people that when they listen, they're going to be like, we want to see some of these tracks live. We want to hear some of these tracks live. And like myself with the heavier ones, I want to go as crazy as I can in the pit because just let all the emotion out there from some of these songs and really let that happen and be in the crowd with so many people that are feeling the exact same way, are connecting with these songs in a very similar way and just feel that whole entire experience. So when it comes to playing these songs live, what's the next chance we're going to get to see you play? Uh, we don't have anything that we can release yet, but uh, obviously, like we are, we de very much so want to get back out and playing shows. Uh, we're more so just we're trying to find the right opportunity because it is very difficult to tour right now in uh, COVID America, you know. Um, and so we want to make sure that we can make the most of, you know, um, any touring that we do and getting out there because it is it's just harder. It's harder for bands to do it now, you know. There's it's tough. I've talked to like guys in bands that I'm friends with and it's hard because one of the things that you love the most about touring um, in a lot of, on a lot of tours you can't do, which is like you're quarantined touring, you know, you can't go see people, you know, in towns, you know, like if you're in a certain town, you can't see like your friends, you know, like you have to basically stay within your band or the tour package. And so you're like kind of a prisoner in the venue uh, which is hard, you know, uh, that's not to say that that's that's the reason why we're not going out. I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of different things that bands have to do just to get out and play shows and to keep it rolling, too, you know, because, uh, you know, one person in your crew gets gets COVID that will knock you out, you know, knock you out for at least five days, you know. So we're just trying to find the right the right opportunity um, so we can get out and see as many people as possible, because I, I miss that, you know. 
Um, I miss connecting with people, you know, talking, but also like the live, you know, listen, I love, I love turning on my amp. I love playing my guitar loud. I love feeling everything. I love feeling the energy. I get it. You know, I'm, I'm there with you. Um, so yeah, we're, we're hoping we can, uh, we can announce something here soon. Well, I'm hoping so too, because I want to go see these shows live. I got to see you guys play live at least one point in 2022, but I am, I'm a big fan of the fact that you did say that where, you know, when it comes to being on tour, especially during this time when COVID is still a thing, it does make it tougher. I don't think a lot of people realize that because like I said, one person gets sick, that kind of knocks you off for a couple of days. And if you don't, and if, and you're trying not to go out and see as many people as possible that you would want to kind of be in that quarantine spot so that you can make as many shows as possible. So you minimize on the amount of, you know, potential contacts you have potentially, you know, someone gets sick and you don't want to have that constantly happen. And then all of a sudden, okay, someone gets sick. Then what ends up happening there? Because there's the other people that are going to have tickets to some of these shows and it's a gift to postpone them or potentially cancel them. And that's not something I don't, I think you guys want to do because that's just, yeah. that's something that no band or no fan ever wants to have happen. Yeah, it's honestly, it's like one of the the most frustrating things for any guy in any band or anybody playing music is having to cancel a show just feels like the biggest letdown, you know. So uh, the cool thing is, is that we do have we do have some surprises for for fans that, you know, even if they don't get to see us live, you're going to get to see something uh, that was really cool that we we put together recently. And yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. So. Uh, I can't really say what it is, but um, uh, understandable. Just teasing it a little bit, though. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Because now, if I can't see you live, I'm like, okay, what are these surprises going to be? I'm gonna have to make sure <laughs> I keep in touch with the band, keep in touch with these guys, because I don't want to miss out on this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. And one thing I like to do when it comes to you know, if you come out with a new album, I like to get my like have this whole entire like full summary, final thought thing on it, so that people listening can really get to understand, you know, from my perspective, where the album's coming from. And you get to, you know, get an idea of like how, where I thought the album and it's kind of like a press release, final thought review kind of thing. And I put, okay. So when I heard that Wolves of Gate and thought of like, you know, post hardcore band, I want everyone to throw that notion right out the window because this band is so much more ambitious than that. And eulogy shows all of it. The band does work with this beautiful post hardcore sound to make you realize that you are more than what you've gone through in life, especially on like light and lights and fire. But they also bring a heavier style to really let their personal messages sink in on Shadows, Eulogies, and Silent Anthem. The band is able to use a much heavier influence at times to really show more of the struggle of themselves and the struggle of man when corrupted by the ideals of man and trying to find salvation in God and in one's own self as well. Also using Silent Anthem and Stop the Bleeding as the main contention of the album, you can see that Wolves at the Gate are not afraid to show who they are be honest about their message and play with so many other styles and influences to show a lot more than just a post hardcore band. This band and this album are like a cake and onion and like Shrek has lots of layers and you're going to want to peel back every single one of them. That's awesome. (laughs) A cake and onion and Shrek. Um, I don't know if all those things are mixed together or if it's, <laughs> you know, a, a Shrek cake onion, but it sounds a little gross, but I get what you're saying. I love that. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. Right as I was like working on this, I was taking a break for a moment while like, you know, working on going through all the whole entire album the way I do. I had to take a break at one point. I was watching Shrek. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was watching Shrek and I was, and one of my favorite scenes is when they're, when he's like talking about how, ogres are like onions and he's like ogres have layers onions have layers get it ogres have layers all of a sudden donkeys yeah. are like 
Honey's like, you could have got something better, like a cake. Cake has layers. So that's where I was coming with that. I'm like, I kept remembering the scene. I'm like, but it makes so much sense to this album as well with how many different styles and sounds you guys work with across the whole entire board. There's some stuff that's, he- that's a lot heavier that has more of this metalcore, if Architects, Wage War, sometimes While She Sleeps influence in there. Then you get something that has more of a post-hardcore feel, something that has a little more of a lighter feel. There's even a song on there called Kiss the Wave where it has a little bit of a poppy feel to it as well. There's a lot going on here. And because of how deep you guys go into your own personal connections and own personal struggles with many different things you've gone through in life and related to a lot of your faith, your you know belief in the gospel, self salvation, belief in yourself, everything around there. There's so much to unpack here that you're going to want to peel back every single layer. Again, that's the whole entire thing. Like Shrek, like a cake, like onions has layers. You're going to want to get to every single one of them if you can. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that because whenever people ask us what our genre is, I just tell them it's whatever you think it is because I don't know, you know, yeah, there's, there's, and I think this record probably showcases the, the broadest spectrum of you know, what we love as a band, you know, like, yeah, like we probably have the heaviest song we've ever written on this record, not because of anything other than the fact of I wrote a riff and I said, guys, can we make a song out of this? And everyone just kind of laughed and we're like, let's go, you know? Um, so it's, it, that's kind of the fun thing about the guys in the band is like nobody, less and less, well, more and more, we want to have less and less rules. Um, we used to have a lot of rules as to like, oh, what what our sound is. But it's like, if we make it, it's our sound. So let's just roll with that. And that's been probably the most freeing uh, thing we've done, which it, which in my opinion has helped us make records we love, so. Absolutely, if you're making, if you're just letting things happen naturally, writing things the way you wanna write them and not really sticking to, we have to be in this one style, you're gonna coming up with something a lot more dynamic, but also something that you guys are connect with more and you guys are gonna have a lot more fun with and we're gonna have a lot more fun listening to. I mean, you, I would say use Bring Me the Horizon as a good example kind of equate with Wolves of the Game as well. Yeah. When you look at Bring Me the Horizon, it's they've covered so many different bases in terms of where they can go with their sound. And you guys in this album covered that just as well. So when it comes, it's like, well, what genre is Wolves of the Gate? Well, just, you know, take the ambition of Bring Me the Horizon with all the sounds they put together. And Wolves of the Gate does just something like that but it's not going to be bringing the rise down it's going to be their very own thing you're going to get so many different things in there but when it comes to the ambition of creation that's a good band to use as an example of you know kind of as an like an equating factor in a way yeah no i mean i think that's totally fair like some of our favorite bands are bands like thrice who've done so many different styles of music you know while still being themselves and bringing the horizons another great example like i love that they create lots of different styles of music, but it's still them, you know? Um, and yeah, I love that. Cause I love, I love super heavy music and I love like super pop, like rock music too. So I love when a, a band can keep their identity. You know, I think that's the most important thing is keeping your identity, um, who you are, not just trying to emulate somebody else being themselves. You know, we want to be ourselves and be influenced by the music not trying to just you know recreate something somebody already made and i think that's what makes those bands so unique you know that's why you can listen to a bring me the horizon song and know it's them because they put their stamp on it. and the same thing with thrice you know they've done you know stripped down all raw instruments and they've done all digital they've done like amps cranked to 11 you know they've done just straight up rock songs but it always kind of has their stamp on it which is so cool you know, and if we could do something close to that, I'd be, I'd be stoked. Um, so 
Well, I think I'm, I'll say is with the dynamic flow of this album, with the many different styles you work with, many different songs you work with, and when you listen to this album as well, it does have that flow from front, front to back as well. I mean, you guys pretty much hit it right on the mark with that. So I'm going to give you <laughs> one of those. Not yeah. a golf clap, like actual audible clapping. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. So, Steven, as we give bring this podcast to a close, one thing I'd like to do before we close out is give my guests a chance, anything they, to say, that whatever they want to say, plug whatever they want to plug, promote whatever they want to promote at the end of the episode. So, Steven, the floor is yours, my friend. All right. Well, we still have two more singles coming out for the record is released. So that'll be exciting. Can't wait for uh, everybody to hear those. Uh, got another music video on the way and another surprise, you know, which will obviously be music and video related, uh, which very excited for that as well. But um, yeah, just stay tuned to our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all that jazz. If you're there, we hope we're there. We're not on TikTok. I think we probably need to start doing that. But I don't know if anybody wants to see me on TikTok. I mean, I don't want to see me on TikTok. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Understandable. So we're going to close this podcast up by saying not one, not two, but three different things. So first things first. Yes, Eulogies comes out on March 11th. And there's going to be more stuff coming out between the time we shot this and the release date. And like Stephen said, you're going to want to get in the know of all of it. You're going to want to stay in touch with all of it. Social media-wise, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you know, and then you're going to want to check them out on their website so that whenever they're going to go out on tour again, whenever that happens, you're going to want to know when the concert dates are. You want to buy some merch. You want to pre-order this album, buy this album, download this album, stream this album. There's going to be many places you can go for this stuff. But instead of having to search it up all yourself, I'm going to make it the easiest possible thing for you. So go to the description of the podcast. There will be a thing that says, Find Wolves at the Gate online. There will be labels and links to their socials, YouTube, website where you can get the merch, you can buy, download, stream, everything with the music for the new album when it comes out March 11th. Everything will be there for a one-click, one-stop shop so you don't have to search up yourself. So you have no excuse not to follow along with this band because, well, you know I'm going to, so why not you? (laughs) Oh, man, thank you. And now it's, t- now it's time for number two, Stephen. So whenever I have guests on the podcast that I have absolutely enjoyed having on the podcast that have, it's been an absolute pleasure to have on, I make a certain promise to those bands. And this has happened to every single band I've had on the podcast. This is the favorite, my like favorite thing to do in, in the world right now is, the, is this podcast. And sir, after this conversation, there is no way that you have broken this streak. So my promise to you is this. It's not an if. If implies possibility of not happening. And I don't like that. I like when because it implies it is going to happen, but right now date is to be determined. So when I can see perform live for the first time, because it's going to happen, I'm going to be in the pit for some of these songs. Trust me on that. <laughs> my promise to you is this, my friend, whatever it is, if you, if, if you drink or if you don't drink, don't mind, but first round's on me. I will take you up. And you can hold me to that because you, you honestly, you'll be like, okay, there's some crazy guy in the pit who's going absolutely crazy, having a great time. He might be on the floor, might be hurt. Uh, Oh, wait, that's just Kevin. You're going to see me. It's right, dude. We're good. We're good. I'm good, man. Like I'll see you after the show. Exactly. <laughs> so, Stephen, as we bring this podcast to its official close, I cannot say goodbye in all good conscience for a number of reasons. One, this album is freaking awesome, and I cannot wait for people to listen to it. Two, I would love to have you back on the podcast anytime because this conversation was incredible around the inspiration by the album and all these different stories, all the different influences. And three, I got to make good on my promise and I'm going to see you live because I, I can't like not see you live after listening to this album. I'm like, my God, I, 
reason I asked that question is because I'm like, are they going out on tour? Because I haven't seen anything. But if they are, I want to make sure they're coming around my area or anywhere within two hours of me so I can see them. <laughs> so yeah. it's not goodbye, my friend. It's see you later. I'll see you later. You got it. Well, folks, that was my interview with Steven from the band Wolves at the Gate. So when it comes to eulogies coming out on March 11th, you're going to want to listen to this album. Trust me on that. Shadows is one hell of a track. You can listen to Lights and Fire, eulogies. Um, I believe there's a couple others I do want to mention as well in this outro. Silent Anthem is another one you're definitely going to want to listen to. Another single that I believe is already out is Stop the Bleeding. Those are songs you're not going to want to miss out on. So make sure you go listen to those Right now, and when the album's out, listen to the whole entire thing front to back. I'm making these possible to stay in touch with Wolves at the Gate so you know when they're going on the road, all the surprises they have for you, and where you can download, buy, watch, stream, everything with the music. Description of the podcast, under the label, find Wolves at the Gate online. Links, labels, everything. So like, share, subscribe, listen to their stuff, download their stuff, buy some merch, everything around there. Become a fan of Wolves at the Gate if you aren't already. And if you are, hey, nice. Also, please follow along with the Corporate Progression Podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram is probably our most popular platform because we do a lot of different things there with different videos, along with the Kevin's Crappy Flute series where I cover horrible songs, or I say very good songs, horribly with a recorder. It's kind of funny. Also, we do live streams every single Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Central just to talk about music, so come along and join with us. You can also subscribe to the Corporate Progression Podcast and watch the videos on YouTube. And if you don't like YouTube and you just want to subscribe to the audio version, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. All the links in the description of the podcast below. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness and Custom Debuts. Your links and the promo codes those are in the description of the podcast as well. Please remember to go and listen to Eulogies when it comes out on March 11th in full from front to back and take it all in from shadows the incredible opening track to lights and fire to the titular track eulogies to stop the bleed and silent anthem at the end it is one incredible album you're not gonna want to miss out on it's definitely an album of the year candidate if you ask me so on that note that's good for me today guys thank you for watching and listening to the core progression podcast my name is kevin and you guys know how I and every single wise up to the big healthy and hearty see ya Yeah.